thank you everyone for tuning in. My desire is that every person becomes aware of mental health importance. I want to share today with you some jewels that will help us better understand behaviors due to onset childhood experiences and traumas. So let's get right to the points, okay? And the first point I want to share with you is children becoming emotionally impaired. And they're coming emotionally impaired. They're becoming, I'm sorry. They're becoming emotionally impaired due to RAD, okay? RAD is a reactive attachment disorder. This condition, okay, I tell you, you know, to learn something, you know, once you become an adult, you know, and, and, and you look at certain ways that you may have responded to things, you know, we probably wouldn't have never thought that it had anything to do with our childhood. Well, I'm here to tell you today, it does. So again, back to reactive attachment disorder. In definition, it is a condition where a child does not form healthy emotional bonds with their caretakers. And then, you know, the caretakers can be first our parents or, you know, relatives, foster care or what have you. Um, so, you know, I, I like to find out what the experiences are due to these facts, you know, because, again, you know, we don't know as adults. Okay, if we have not dealt with any of our childhood experiences or traumas, we become adults that we, you know, we will begin to be responsive to those experiences as children. So I can say for myself, as a mother, um, when children, you know, when they're disciplined and they lack understanding. They lack understanding. You know, to me, children, you know, they lack understanding because, you know, we're children. When we were children, we didn't understand. So they lack understanding as to why they need to be disciplined. So we find ourselves, if you are, you know, effectively moving in a parental right way, you understand, and you're disciplining a child and, um, they feel like, you know, I shouldn't be disciplined for this. I'm a kid, you know. I should be able to throw a tantrum. I should be able to cry and ex- and express how uncomfortable I am with the fact that you're not allowing me to play with my toys because it's time to eat dinner, okay? Um, when it's not effectively explained where a child can understand why they're being disciplined, this is where the problem comes in at, and, and a child can um, become emotional, you know, um, emotionally detached. Because 
if they're, again, throwing a tantrum, as we call them, about having dinner and, and got to come away from their playtime, and you tell them, stop crying, you know, stop crying. What are you crying for? You don't cry. You go in there and you have dinner. Stop that crying. Well, their crying is expressing that they are very uncomfortable with leaving, okay, with leaving one of their endeavors. You know, one of their endeavors is to play and have fun and do whatever they want to do. They are uncomfortable and become unpleasant with leaving this endeavor to have fun. Okay, so I think as the caretakers of children, we need to better explain that if if I can say that, you know, if I can say that, okay, we need to better explain what's taking place so they can understand that they don't have to cry about this situation because I'm taking you in here to have dinner. It's time to eat. It's time for your nutritional balanced meals to take place. It's called dinner. So you're going to have to leave your fun time. Okay? You have to leave your fun time at this moment. Okay? It doesn't mean that I'm not allowing you to come back to this. Now, you can't explain this to a one-year-old, right, or a two-year-old because they definitely don't understand nor comprehend what you're saying. But it's okay to comfort them during this process. You see what I'm saying? It's okay to comfort them during this transition from them playing and going into having their nutritional balanced meal. Okay, it's okay, you know, for you to comfort them and say, no, it's going to be okay. No, I'm going to let you play. We'll get, even if you have to grab a toy or whatever. Because what you want to do is make them be comfortable in understanding their emotions at that time as to why they're having these emotions. So me sharing that little, you know, that little, uh, you know, illustration, I hope that it's, it's just bringing some, a little more light into the room because I'm sharing with you about a child becoming emotionally detached based up on certain like situations. Okay. So it's, so it says that caretakers often because of emotional neglect, abuse, okay, at an early age, okay? So we're, we're not saying that to tell your child to leave, you know, from playing to go to dinner, that that's abusive. That's not abusive, but we'll find that that's when they'll do that crying and throw tantrums and things like that because they're coming away from something that they want to do. Okay, so in that situation, that's not a neglectful situation. That's not an abusive situation. But that is a situation that you can utilize that time to share with them that it's okay to understand transitions. Okay, it's not like it's becoming permanent, but understand it's okay. And again, like I said, you can comfort a child, but 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 to get this reactive attachment disorder, it is brought on by abuse and neglect, okay? And um, they finding it neglectful to not allow a child to express their emotions. It's sought as being neglectful, 
not allowing a child to express again their emotions even if it's crying even if it's throwing a tantrum again we have to because we are the adults we have to give them the knowledge okay on their levels as to understand why you're making the decision that you're making for their life to transition into a different type of situation. Again, going from playing with your toys into going into dinner, okay? So, but a lot of these situations are brought on by um, more, okay? More, 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 again, more, more. <laughs> Let me tell you, more, more. Uh, important situations. You know what I'm saying? We don't look at transition from playing to food as like really, you know, that important. But it is when you're being adoptive or, you know, it could be a situation where, um, again, neglect and abuse is going on and a child is taken away. So that will be the issue, okay, that the child will encounter when the child have trouble, okay, with managing their emotions, okay, due to, again, neglect and abuse, okay? The behaviors that will be displayed generally will be displayed um, about them will be um, fearful and anxious around their caregivers. When the caregivers are giving the abuse and the neglect, the children will seem fearful and anxious around them. So you may see um, uh, children uh, that are, okay, so we'll say this, a situation like this. Um, we can all be at a, you know, at, you know, family function or an event, you know, outside event or whatever. And you tell your child, come here or sit down or, or something like that, or you call their name. And they respond with running towards you really quick with their eyes all bright, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be in trouble. You see what I'm saying? Um, or, or something to that magnitude, okay? Um, a person in observation, they'll be like, the first thing they may think, oh, that child is being abused. Look how they responded. They mother called their name and they just took off running like, like they were going to get in trouble or, or, or like something is wrong. Okay. So a child will display again, fearful and anxious behaviors around their caretakers when they're being abused and elected, I'm sorry, and neglected by them. Okay. So these are one of the things that we want to get a full understanding of because sometimes, you know, people can have a mis, you know, misconception about things, you know, and that doesn't mean that every parent is abusive or neglectful because uh, when they call their child, their child respond in a way to go, huh, what, you know, and get to what they're, you know, get to what the need is of the parent, okay? That doesn't mean they're, that's just sometimes children can respond to them because they know their parents is, you know, oh, she calling me, let me see what she want. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't mean that the parent is being abusive or neglectful towards them. So don't just assume, you know, again, because you see a child get bright eyed and, you know, go towards a parent, you know, in that manner that they're being abused. Okay. 
But again, you have to pay very close attention if you are in observation of a child that you think is being abused. Okay? So I just wanted to give that little tidbit about that situation. Okay? So even when the caretakers are displaying love and kindness, okay, um, children that have been abused or suffering with um, reactive attachment disorder, they still can be at a distance. You see what I'm saying? Even though you may be loving, you may be kind, you may be open, you may be meeting all of their needs, and they still may not respond to you emotionally attentive, okay? That child is suffering from reactive attachment disorder. And we don't be understanding that. We just think like, what is wrong with this kid? You know, what is wrong with this kid? Why, why do they act like that? Why are they so, you know, uh, socially disconnected with the other kids? They're not even playing with the other kids. They're over there playing by themselves, you know? They don't, you know, if I go over there and ask them, are they okay? And all they go, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just don't want to be bothered. You know, you'd be like, okay, but that's like every day, you know? So that's when you will know that, okay, this is a problem. Something is going on. So that's when we begin to kind of seek some help to try to get better understanding as to why, you know, this child is um, responding in this way. Okay. So these problems, okay, in definition to um, reactive attachment disorder, they say that these problems stems from having um, many different parent figures. Okay, many different parent figures, meaning it could be, you know, you could be with your parent, you could be with your grandmother, then you could be over here with your auntie, you know, then you could be over here with your cousins. And so all of these different, you know, all these different roles, if I can say roles, that is, you know, uh, that is playing in this child's life, I believe it becomes confusing, especially if they're giving um, directives. Okay, if they're giving, um, um, if they're giving out, you know, um, they're designating, you know, uh, the child whereabouts. You see what I'm saying? When the mother say, well, no, you're not going over your cousin's house. You're going over your grandma's house. Well, when I'm at auntie's house, I have more fun. At grandmother's house, it's more structured. I got to, you know, it's more organized. You know, I can't do all what I do at, you know, at, at auntie's. And then if you're feeling a certain way about auntie house and you know, you feel in a certain way about grandma's house, it becomes a lot for a child. So if you can become, if you can disassociate yourself from feeling any kind of way with any of these situations, it becomes a problem for a child. Because it's hard to kind of, you know, uh, react, respond, or, you know, cultivate all these different feelings because you had all these different people's, you know, homes or situations, okay? So, again, it's the, um, it's the different parent figures, okay? Um, and also uh, multiple foster care situations. Um, you know, again, if they started out uh, within the home with their parents and they, you know, they were removed because of abuse and neglect and then they have to go into foster care, 
and um, and then they go into the foster care and lack again the nourishing, the caring, and the love that they need. Then that's two situations that they've encountered where they've received a nourishment for their emotions. Okay, so that's two situations that we can use going from the primary home to foster care. Okay, so a child can develop, again, reactive attachment disorder because of that. Um, And then from that, okay, a child can be placed after those two like situations, the primary and the foster care they get into a permanent stable situation, meaning that they get, you know, some can be placed with relatives and then some can be adopted. However, the situation works out for them. When they become in a uh, stable environment, they can still operate or display the disconnection that has become part of their development. Because again, that started situation, it being the disconnection from the primary care. Okay. So, you you know, you know, sometimes, and it it could be, like I said, relative place, or it could be foster care. And that child is there and the, and the caretakers there be like, well, you know, we're, we're, we're providing them with a safe home. You know, we're providing them with what they need, the love, the attention, you know, why are they still so disconnected? You know, well, that's because it has become a part of their development. Because remember, children are still developing. They're still developing. So in their part of development, in their brain, they have already processed through their brain reactive attachment disorder. They don't know, you know, how to go back and say, oh, let me, that's not the situation now. I'm at a safe place. These people love me. They're caring for me. So I don't have to think out of my reactive attachment disorder. That's not how it works. It has already become a part of their development because it is an experience. Okay. So, you know, when we, you know, if you work in a uh, uh, um, an area where you're working with children, you know, you see a lot of different behaviors displayed. I myself, I worked, you know, around children, you know, for, for, for many years, you know. So I saw all types of behaviors, all type of, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting in a room because my position in that room is to teach, to care for. You understand what I'm saying? To make sure that they're safe. But the flip side of me that console side of me, that side that that want to bring healing into the room, will see so much different. I will see so much different. I be want to come out of the teach mode. I be want to come out of the, you know, and say, hey, listen, let's deal with this behavior. This this behavior stems from this or that, you know. So that's how I'll be sitting in the room, you know. So trust me. Many of you that, again, if you are in that position right now, I understand how you feel, okay? But get educated, you know what I'm saying? Get educated about um, these type of behaviors so that 
If you see that, if that's displayed in a room that you are in care of, you can help assist. You can help assist that child. Okay, you can help assist that child. You can even go and share with someone that is in a position to diagnose or be an observant. You can share what you saw with them, okay, to get that child the appropriate help. That would be great. I promise you that will be great. That will be great. And my motto is always, if I can just help one person, I feel like I have done a wonderful job at what I needed to do. If again, it's only to help one person. I'm okay with that. Even though I may be in a room with a hundred people or more, if only one person received the help that they needed in that room, hey, I feel like I've done my job. I've done my purpose. I was able to give what someone needed. Okay. So don't ever, you know, beat yourself up. If you feel like, okay, you know, these behaviors just going on, they're out of control. I just can't, you know, don't beat yourself up. Just seek out the help that you need to help someone else. Okay. So keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Okay. Just keep hope alive. Don't get discouraged. So I want to also share um, some effective ways that you can help with the healing of a child or children suffering from RAD. Okay, I want to just share with you some effective ways. It's not hard. It's not overwhelming. It's not burdensome. Okay, but it is definitely a effective way to help. Okay, one is provide a safe space, a safe and stable place. Okay, that will be the environment. Okay, you know, you know, provide that for the child. You know what I'm saying? That that's in your care or, you know, again, you seeing that it could be a a, your niece, your nephew your own child or whatever. What you want to do is provide a safe, stable living environment. Okay? That's just that's just period. Like I said, if you are in observation, then you can again go and assist and help with, you know, these things being allocated for this child, okay? That that's important. That is very important that the child feels safe in their environment, okay? Two, surround the child or the children with caregivers that provides positive interactions. Children need to be in a positive, okay? And I know negative exists. Bad things happen. I truly, truly understand know why? Because I've been there. I've experienced it. I know it is real. Okay. However, we have to do with the best ability that we have. The best ability that we have. Okay. And we've been enabled to do. Okay. And that is to provide. Okay. Safety. Positive situations 
for children, period. And that's even in conversation, okay? That is even in conversation. We have to do that. We should make it safe enough for a child to be able to come and tell you how they feel without you, without you telling them how they feel. No, allow them to tell you how they feel. Okay? Period. Even if it makes you uncomfortable. Even if a child tell you, you annoy me. Okay? I know we can see that on the line of of a child being disrespectful. Okay? That's what adult think. When a child tells them, okay, you're being annoying. They're being honest with you, though. Whatever you're saying or whatever you're doing is making them annoyed, right? That is, a, that, that is really how they feel. That is really how they feel, okay? Though they're annoyed because you're giving directives to, 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 to tell them what they need to do. You see what I'm saying? Okay, you need to go to bed. It's bedtime. Okay, or you need to clean up the kitchen or you need to pick up your toys or you need to get your coat on. We got to get ready to go. Whatever the directives are being, they are facts. There are truth. This is what we're trying to get the child to do. You, you, we, we're, we're the adult here and we're trying to get you to do some things that we need you to do. But that child becomes annoyed because they don't want to do that. Even though they got to do it because this is neat. This is what needs to be done. I'm the adult. I know what needs to happen at this moment. Okay. I get that. But if the child say I'm annoyed, don't abuse them. Don't discipline them for saying they're being annoyed. If you want to discipline them about them saying they're being annoyed, then you need to be very, very concise about what you're saying. You need to say to them, listen, I understand you uncomfortable with what I'm telling you to do, but what you will not do is say to me in that manner of voice or tone, you're being annoyed. Now, you being annoyed is okay. That's how you feel. But what you will not do is speak to me in that manner. Now, that's right there. That's, to me, a healthy way of letting a child know that you're uncomfortable with how they're saying what they're saying. But them feeling annoyed, that's something we can't take from them. You see what I'm saying? Because that's how they feel. Again, them saying it to us in a disrespectful manner, then you got to correct that. I tell a kid, okay, you're annoyed. I get it. You are annoyed. But guess what? You're going to get up and you're going to go clean up or whatever the directive I'm giving. You're going to follow through. I get you're annoyed and that's fine. I've always, I've done a whole lot of things that needed to be done under annoyance. <laughs> I promise you I have. But it still, it needed to be done. That's a fact. I was annoyed doing it, but it still needed to be done. And children feel that way as well. So that 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 would be a way as adult where it, it though again children may feel and display all kind of emotions because they want to do what they want to do. They don't understand. They got a lot going on, right? We still have to be there 
to care for them, keep that interaction positive, and help them to understand and comprehend better their emotions so that they can display them in um, a respectful manner. Okay, we, we don't have to just, you know, get angry or our own selves become annoyed at what they're saying. You see what I'm saying? Because we're, we're the adults, okay? But I'm going to get into the adults with this same behavior, okay? I'm going to get there, y'all, okay? Because if you got two in a room, a parent or a caretaker and a child in a room and they have the same impairment, oh, you're going to have a problem. You're definitely going to have problems, okay? But I'll get into that in a minute. Okay, so we want to go to three. Encourage the child's development. Nurturing, caring, and amendable. Okay, that's how we encourage the child's development with nurturing, caring, and amendable. Okay, if we do these things, again, effectively, that will help the child to... um, either, you know, begin to heal, okay, because you definitely got to seek out when you see the behavior has, has become, you know, uncontrollable, you know, we have to definitely seek some professional help for the child, and, you know, in counseling, and, you know, behavioral, cognitive behavioral therapy, and things like that, to help the child, okay, it, it, it may have to go more, uh, uh, more, extensively that we can uh, uh, provide, okay, when it has gotten totally out of control, okay, so, but to help it when we see that, when we can see it and say, okay, I can kind of help with assist, you know, bringing healthy ways into this child's behavior, okay, and provide the child or the children with a positive stimulating environment, okay, um, again, if your child is telling you or the ch- children that you're caring for, or again, like I said, in observation of, you know, if they're telling you, you know, I, you know, I don't like going over auntie so-and-so house. So I don't like going, you know, or playing at my friend's house. If they telling you that they're uncomfortable in situations, you have to remove them from those environments. You need to find out what's going on in those environments to make this child feel this way. Do not downplay their emotions. Don't do that. Do not downplay how they feel about a situation. They could really be in harm and danger. And you're thinking that child is just being difficult. And that may not even be the situation. So many children have been left in situations where they were being sexually abused and physically abused by parents or caretakers downplaying what that child was sharing with them. So don't do that. That is a red flag. Okay, that is a red flag on every area of how we're trying to identify what's going on, okay? If a child tell you something, believe it. Believe it until it find you find out it's a lie. That's all I can tell you. That's all the good information I can give you on that. You got to believe a child till you find out what they said is a lie. 
And even after that, don't lose your trust in them because they're children. Their perception is different than ours as adults. And and again, I'm going to get into about us adults still moving and operating like a child because due to this disorder, okay? But understand when a child tell you that I'm not comfortable with this, I'm not comfortable for that, I don't, I don't like this and I don't like that. You have to honor that. You have to find out. It's your duty to keep that child safe mentally and physically and emotionally. It is your duty. So if a child, again, tell you that they're uncomfortable at someone's home in the very presence of somebody, you have to find out what's going on. Okay. But if you're already, okay, creating these positive stimulating environments, then you, you up on it. You, 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 you right up on it. And yeah, y'all, I'm snapping my finger too. You're right on it, okay? You're right on it. You're in, a, you're in a good space about this situation with keeping a child safe, okay? Five, because I just gave five points about helping, you know, um, effective ways of helping a child with um, reactive um, attachment disorder, Okay? So number five, making sure that the child or children has appropriate medical care, housing, counsel, and safety. These are some effective ways, okay, to help a child overcome or prevent. So we can do prevention here and we can do post here. Either way. Okay, either way, we could prevent reactive attachment disorder happening in a child by doing these things, or we can help a child overcome this disorder by doing um, these effective ways of helping. Okay, so, you know, again, don't beat yourself up, you know, don't beat yourself up, you know. Don't feel like, oh, I failed as a parent or I failed as a caregiver. Don't don't feel like that. It, you, can, you can get in there right now and help your child. Help a child. Okay? You can get right in there and you can assist. Okay? Because, again, I'm, I, I tell you my desire is that every human, you hear me? Every person, every human being truly have... You understand what I'm saying? A healthy mindset, you know, because we need that. We need that to be able to function and make decisions and enjoy life. We need that. Okay. So don't, so again, do not downplay a child's emotions. Don't do that. Allow them to feel. Okay. Allow them to feel. Okay. Because now I'm about to get into the adulthood of it. Okay, because we talked about the childhood. Let's talk about the adulthood of it. And I'm going to be brief. I'm going to just be brief with it because, again, I'm just getting on here on on my podcast and I want to just share some jewels. Okay, just something just just give you something to think about. Okay, to just give you something to think about, 
you know, in a way that you can help. Or this may even help you as a person. You could be a child that, you know, that, you know, you could be a child, even though you're an adult, but you got some childlike behaviors due to what happened to you as a child. So if this is you that's listening in, I just want I just want to give you some jewels and tools that can maybe lead you into getting some more deeper help. You know, and when I say deeper help, seek counsel. Seek counsel. Okay? Seek counsel for, you know, some some things that you, you know, lack understanding about yourself. Okay? And so, again, I just want to get into real quick about the adulthood of it, okay? So, the untreated children, okay, the untreated children with reactive attachment disorder display this behavior as adults, okay? And I'm just going to go through um, some of the behaviors that are displayed, okay, as an adult, okay, and again, it would, it would take an adult to have to go back and reflect on their childhood as to what happened, what they experienced in order for them to kind of identify and understand where they are, okay, with some behaviors in their life right now as adults. And again, like I said, where you can go and seek you some counsel for what you are feeling, okay? So these are, again, the behaviors that will be displayed in adults with RAD. Withdrawal, difficulty keeping relationships, Lack of affectionate expression, control issues, anger, outbursts, and and um, they call um, we'll just say uh, distrustfulness. Okay, distrustfulness. Um, impulsivity. Impositivity. Impositivity. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to sit here and think about this word. So sorry about that short break. Okay. Um, These behaviors are great impacts. Okay. And it keeps one from making meaningful connections with others. Okay, we have the the lack of sense of belonging. You know, we we have an issue of, again, remaining in healthy relationships. We just go we could go from one relationship to the next one relationship. And and, and we'll and and when we don't know what we're going through, we're never going to blame ourselves. We're going to always blame it on other people. When really we're the problem because we are not noticing that it's us that's going in and out of these different relationships. Okay. Also, the inability to fully grasp emotions. So you got some people that, 
you know, to be like, you know, they don't never cry or, you know, they, they're not sensitive. You know, they, they just be like, oh, well, whatever, you know, they don't care. And, you know, they, they cannot identify with where I'm at ever when I'm having an emotional breakdown. They always tell me I'm over the top and I'm this and that. That's because they cannot, okay, grabs wholly onto emotions. They, they have they have just disconnected themselves. They've been disconnected since they were a child. So if they've been disconnected since they were a child, okay, they're just going to all of a sudden become an adult and just get all of these emotions and, and, and have all these, this sensitivity. And no, that's not going to happen. It can happen, but with help. But with help, because you got the first understand and know that this is what you're suffering from. So if you don't, if you have not identified with that, you have, you know, um, been through some 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 experiences and some traumas that has 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 brought this disorder up on you, then you you don't know. You know, you're just thinking this is you and this is how you feel and this is where you always been and all of these things. Okay. But again, these were just some things I wanted to share and encourage you and empower you and inspire you to do something great for yourself and someone else. And until next time, I want you to do what is good and what is great. Have a wonderful and awesome day or evening, whichever time. You're listening at this podcast. Enjoy. Have a great time.